You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And that is going to do it. Congratulations to Mike Young and Virginia Tech. And let the celebration begin. After beating Clemson, they took out Notre Dame. consecutive nights to win the ACC Tournament Championship. And as you said, Jay, they earned every ounce of it. You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday as we get set for the NCAA Tournament. The game starts tonight with a couple play-ins, a couple more tomorrow night, and then everything really gets rolling on Thursday. We're talking futures, some strategy here. And let's bring in our guy, Ed Fang, from the Power Rank. He's joining us on the Roman Guest Line to talk all things NCAA Tournament. Ed, uh, welcome back to the show. Always happy to have you. And I guess we'll start with just overall bracket strategy, betting strategy for the NCAA Tournament here. Everyone has different rules. They like certain teams to do this, certain teams to do that. They don't like these other kind of teams. If you were to give out a couple of, of pieces of advice, bracket strategy, what you look for when you see all these different matchups and try to play the whole thing out, uh, what, what would stand out for you? Well, I mean, I think my biggest piece of advice is, like, focus on who you're picking as champion. That choice is worth 32 points, and that's very significant compared to the one point that you're going to get for picking some 12 over 5 upset in the round of 64, right? So know, um, you know, that, know that that is the biggest choice that you're making. And, uh, you know, when I have – my bracket advice on my site, like I really focus on breaking down what I think are probably the six teams that have the best chance of winning. Um, that's where I try to focus my attention on. And, you know, some of the work that I've done more recently kind of makes me want to double down on that. I found that predicting upsets, big upsets, you know, underdogs of six or more points in college basketball is almost impossible. <laughs> so, I, I just want I tend to trust the numbers and I think that's probably my biggest piece of advice right now. All right, Ed. Well let's stick with the the group of teams that you think can win the title. Are the, are they all very close or is there are there different tiers in that group? No, it's not very close. Uh, I have Gonzaga as a significant significant favorite. So in my best college basketball numbers, they're five points clear of any other team. And I really believe that this Gonzaga team is uh, is the most likely team to win. That doesn't mean they're going to win, right? If, you, if, if you're going to bet on Gonzaga versus the field, you're going to take the field every day because that's just the randomness of college basketball. And even if you're five points better than any other team, that, that doesn't mean you're going to win the tournament. Anyone can get hot. Uh, and, and there are very capable teams 
after, after Gonzaga. But I do feel like there's one tier that has Gonzaga in it, and there's another tier that has your teams like your Baylor, Dukes, Arizonas uh, of the world. And I've been sitting around analyzing those teams for, you know, pretty hardcore for the last month. And I honestly think you can kind of, kind of take your pick, uh, depending on what you like. Uh, I think you can make a case for any of them. Numerically, all those teams are essentially within a point of each other when I run my best college basketball numbers. So it really comes down to what you like. Um, I, I think you can make a case for all of them. Ed, I'm super excited. I started off by subscribing to your newsletter. I'm now officially a member. Um, so I am seeing how you have Gonzaga as a clear favorite here. Uh, I'm curious, you know, if, if folks do go and hopefully they do become members um, to the power rank, what goes into these different percentages that you have here um, in terms of each region and all these teams? Yeah, Aaron, thanks so much. I saw I saw that you had signed up this morning. So, uh, and obviously, you know where to uh, send complaints. So, uh, looking forward to your feedback. But in terms of my numbers, um, there is uh, well, okay. Let's just let's just do all the secrets, man. I, so, my member numbers are a combination of a variety of uh, metrics. Um, some of them are based on results from the game, and I think what kind of separates my analysis apart from others is the way I adjust for strength of schedule. Um, I'm a math guy. So this was how I originally got into sports analytics and betting. Um, so basically data from the games uh, and adjusted for who they have played is, is a big component. I also use a lot of market data. I also, there's still a little bit of preseason juice in there right now, even though we're, we're in March because 30 games is still relatively small sample size. And I've found that that preseason component still matters. So that's what I'm doing to calculate the win probabilities that you're seeing, Aaron. And, I mean, you can see, you know, my best numbers on Gonzaga are on the high side. Um, you know, you look at the markets, they're, um, they're, they're, uh, they're plus 300 to win it all. Uh, my numbers suggest there's value on that. Um, and I would, I, would, I would actually bet that today if I didn't, Hadn't bet it two weeks ago at plus 375. Um, so I, I really do like those. Uh, I really do like Gonzaga in this tournament. I got it at plus 650. So I'm so happy to see your numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that really. is a good one. Yeah, and no, I mean, it was down. You know, and the only reason, like, I was hesitant to bet it at plus 375 is because I was mad I didn't get it at plus 400 the week before. Yeah. Ed, when you look at some of these regions, you, you mentioned Gonzaga is, is pretty far and away the best team for you. They're, they're the top seed overall and the top seed in the West. The, the one that we've been looking at a lot the last couple of days is the East region. Baylor is the one seed. Kentucky is the two seed. Um, depending on where you look, if you look on FanDuel, they're both plus 240 to win this region and get to the Final Four. It, it kind of gives you the feeling that there's not an overwhelming favor. There's not really a favorite here. Uh, you go down, it's Purdue at three. The four is UCLA, a team I like. When you look at this region – do you, do you see some value on uh, maybe one of those teams kind of in that 3-4 range? Do you, do you like Baylor? Tell, tell us what you think about the East region here. Baylor is the one, Kentucky the two. I think this region kind of shows you uh, just the closeness of the competitors to Gonzaga. Like, I'm looking at my numbers right now. I have Baylor less than a half point better than Kentucky, which means I – I mean, I essentially can't, you know, like 30 games of data, like I can't really distinguish these teams. If, if they're within a half point, 
I, I really don't have a problem with anyone saying, oh, I can make a case for Kentucky being a better team than Baylor. Baylor doesn't have L.J. Cryer, uh, an incredible three-point shooter. Their NFL, NFL, their NBA caliber uh, freshmen aren't really quite playing like that. Um, Kentucky uh, is, is a team that's been very good on both sides of the ball. Uh, Oxford Seaway has been fantastic. I don't really trust them on the defensive side of the court, and I've watched their defensive rating slip. But Baylor and Kentucky are absolutely, absolutely in that category of teams that can challenge Gonzaga, and I feel like um, you can make a case for both of them. Uh, Purdue is the three, and uh, I, I don't believe in this Purdue team. This is a team that is uh, ranked second when I look at offensive efficiency. And I think a lot of that is from early season performance. They had a couple big wins. They shot really well for the better part of the season. They were making more than 40% of their three-point shots. They have actually – you expect regression. Um, this is, I think, a, kind of a hard thing to grasp. But, like, if a team is shooting really well from three, the, uh, you expect that to regress. So, I think Purdue maybe at some point earlier this season was making 41% of their three-point shots. And – the analysis suggests that that's going to regress to the college basketball average of 34%. And that's exactly what we've seen. Purdue hasn't made 40% of the three-point shots in their last eight games. And um, so, uh, and, and to, to make the big, the more of a case, like you can look at individual players and see a lot of their players are shooting career highs from three. Uh, Sasha Stefanovic is not one of those players. I think he's an incredible shooter. And I think he can sustain what I think is 39% this year. But you see regression on that side of the ball. Purdue's also, like, absolutely the worst defensive team for any team seated three or higher um, by a lot. And it's a little bit kind of curious because, you know, they're like 75th when I look at points per position adjusted for strength of schedule. This same team was, like, 25th a year ago. So they may not be as bad as they've shown this year. But it, it, it's not really a team I trust on, on either side of the ball. Um, so I think they're kind of overrated. And you definitely uh, don't think that the West is one of the open regions. Which one is uh, most wide open to you, where we could see some chaos? Um, I would think just in terms of chaos, let's talk about the South, right? So we have Arizona, definitely a team that I trust, but the second highest rated team in that region is Houston. They're the five. And I really thought I was going to come into a lot of this analysis this week talking about how much I loved Illinois. They're the four seed in that region, and I do like Illinois a lot. I think they're underrated by the numbers simply because they've had some injury issues uh, during the course of the season. Um, Andre Corbello is their guard that's come back. And uh, I, think he, this is, I think the kid is a great player uh, that could be eventually be Big Ten Player of the Year. So I really like Illinois, but... Um, my numbers really like Houston. They're the second-rated team, and I think you could potentially see chaos um, because I don't really distinguish too much between Houston and Arizona, at least numbers-wise. And Houston is a team under Calvin Sampson that, that always plays defense, so you know you're going to get that. But they're also a team that lost Marcus Sasser earlier this year, someone who was making excess of 40% of his three-point shots. And I don't really think that's replaceable, but somehow they've done that. I, I kind of wrote them off a little bit after the Sasser injury, but they, they dominated their way through the latter part of the season. Um, and uh, I think because of them, this is a region uh, that could have some chaos. You know, you may think that Michigan winning as an 11 seed 
over uh, whoever they're playing. Colorado State in the first round, you know, as an upset, double-digit upset. I mean, I have them as a three-point favorite, so that may be seen as chaos as well. Um, but I, I see that uh, as a kind of wild region. This might be a little more boring, but for those of us looking to make money tonight, um, how would you play these play-in games? Some tighter spreads. Um, it looks like you like a lot of chalk. Would you bet the favorites on the money line, or would you look at any underdogs on the spread? Let's see. So I saw Indiana was a four-point favorite. So I actually have them as a 4.7-point favorite over Wyoming. So my numbers do like them. I think you can kind of make the case that Indiana's played in a very difficult Big Ten. Um, and it's, you know, Indiana's a team that's kind of right in the middle of the Big Ten. And when you're right in the middle of the Big Ten, you're going to be in a lot of close games. And they were 2-5 and five in games decided by five or fewer points during the Big Ten regular season. I think when you're an Indiana fan, as some of my friends are, you can, you can tell a lot of stories about how they do, don't execute in, uh, you know, in the closing minutes and, and yada, yada, yada. But when you look at the analytics, uh, you know, record in close games tends to regress to 500 in, in almost every single sport. And we saw that happen in the Big Ten tournament. They went 2-1. Uh, every single game was a tight one. They honestly should have beaten Iowa, um, you know, Iowa banked in a three to beat them towards the end of that game. So, you know, I haven't bet it yet, but my numbers do see some value in Indiana over Wyoming. Um, I have Notre Dame by uh, a point and a half uh, over Rutgers. What's the spread in that one right now? Minus one, Notre Dame. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I think of that one. I mean, I, I think uh, I, I'd probably like Indiana a little bit more. I think they're a very good on the defensive side of the ball, and they played through a, a very difficult conference. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ed, you know, if our audience out there is trying to decide between a couple teams, especially these eight, nine, or you know, these close matchups that might be a, a point, two point, three point um, favorite on one side or the other, is there one thing you lean to if it's almost a tie in your numbers more than others? Is it three point percentage? Is it three point defense? Is it free throw shooting? Is there one thing with these teams, if you had to break a tie, that matters most to you when looking at projections? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think. You know, normally my voice is not to think too much and just go with the numbers. But one of the episodes I did publish on, on my Bracket Wisdom podcast was like, you can go beyond simply the numbers, and you can go beyond that by looking at three-point shooting percentage. And so this is the example of Purdue, who's been one of the best three-point shooting teams in the nation, but you expect that to regress. Like, you don't expect them to be that good in the offense simply because many of their key players have – 
made a higher fraction of threes than you would expect from their career averages. And then, you know, on the flip side, uh, three-point field goal defense is really random as well. So, and then you have a whole host of actually top contenders um, that have, quote-unquote, gotten fortunate on three-point defense. Uh, These include Duke, Kansas, and actually Gonzaga as well. So they're all holding – I don't have the exact numbers, but I think they're all holding opponents near 30%. Uh, The analysis suggests that's going to regress upwards towards 34%, which says that, you know, maybe their defensive efficiency numbers are higher than they should be. So these are the kind of micro adjustments that that you can make if you're if you're really trying to um, zero in on one team. Look for extremes in three point shooting. And we thought it'd be fun to jump around the first round here. Some some games that interest us and your thoughts on on some of the biggest matchups and, and interesting ones. Ed, one that I I've had my eye on now for a couple of days, and, and you mentioned three point shooting uh, in just a few minutes ago. Uh, this by far the smallest spread between a three and a fourteen. Ed is Wisconsin and Colgate. The rest of these are. Easily double-digit numbers, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, depending on the matchup. This one is seven and a half. Ed, thoughts on this game? Uh, Colgate, Wisconsin, 14-3, and the uh, the spread is only about seven and a half, depending on where you're looking. Yeah, I think Wisconsin is criminally overseeded. I have them uh, outside the top 20, uh, maybe 24th or 25th. Um, I would actually make Michigan a slight favorite over them if these two teams were to meet in the tournament and I, I don't really trust this Michigan team uh, which we could get, get into in a little bit so that's why you're seeing such a, a short spread my numbers suggest uh, Wisconsin's going to win by nine so actually some value on the favorite there um, Colgate's interesting as you mentioned you know they take a lot of threes and um, you know this is the team that really uh, caused me a lot of uh, uh a lot of issues last year because by some sets of my numbers really like Colgate, but it was only because they had played 14 games, um, you know, with the shortened schedule last year. So we have a full, we, you know, we have a full season worth of games. Uh, I think they're a good team. You know, they ran with Arkansas for a little bit last year in the tournament. Uh, I expect Wisconsin to get through, but obviously this is one of the more likely top seeds to go down simply by that point spread. Yeah. Ed, that, that Midwest is interesting. Once you get fast, past those first couple of seeds of course all the luck with providence people don't like wisconsin lsu doesn't have a head coach are, are there any specific round one matchups in that midwest that uh, stand out uh, as having the most amount of value to you yeah so i mean I, i've been looking at this I, I have a pretty small spread in this usc florida game um i have usc by two so uh you know, n- not a lot of trust in Pac-12 teams for me, uh, even though USC rates pretty well. Um, and, um, you know, the ACC has been particularly weak. Uh, be happy to talk a little bit about Virginia Tech later when we get to that region. Um, but, you know, I see a tight game in that in that 10 versus 7. Yeah, as you mentioned, Providence is kind of criminally uh, overseeded as well. They had an extraordinary record in, in uh, close games this season, which is why they're seeded so high. So, yeah, when this region came out, you know, uh, you know, we talk about like the region of death with the, the most mm-hmm. difficult road. This is the region of uh, eternal life here. Uh, Kansas got a good break. Um, and uh, I think I think they probably get through. Looking at the east, another matchup that seems interesting to me is Murray State and San Francisco. What do you think about that one? So I have San Francisco favored in this matchup. 
Um, after our last conversation, I also looked up all the tournament teams, uh, three-point defense, and, you know, they are benefiting from a very low three-point field goal percent defense. So, you know, maybe they're not quite as good as their numbers suggest, but my numbers actually favor them, and I know they were favored in the markets, and I believe that flipped to Murray State uh, yesterday. Um, I have not bet this yet, but I think Murray State is potentially overrated simply because they haven't lost since the beginning of their conference season, even though they've had a bunch of close calls. Um, so I think that is kind of playing into what is going on. And uh, my numbers certainly like San Francisco in this game. They, uh, I, have, I have San Francisco by two in this game. Ooh. Ed, Marquette, North Carolina. Interesting for me. Two teams that I think if they're on their best day could, could certainly play well. I mean, we've seen, you know, Marquette reel off five-game winning streak, seven-game winning streak. We know what Carolina did winning in Duke a couple weeks ago. Well, what do you think on this one? What are your numbers telling you? North Carolina and against Marquette in the 8-9 in the East region. Yeah, I mean, I see North Carolina by about two and a half points here. I see them uh, I see them getting by. Um, it probably ends uh, in the round of 32 against a pretty tough Baylor team. But, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of talent on that North Carolina team, as we saw against Duke, although I would say – you know, the, the, the larger part of, of that win uh, in, in Durham was, was kind of do not playing defense and turning the ball over. So I wouldn't make too much of it. But, you know, North Carolina is a top 25 team. I think that's a pretty good start for Hubert Davis's first year. Is not a hire that I love simply because he's never been a head coach before. Uh, so, but I think that's a pretty good – I think it's a pretty good year one. Ed, your Michigan Wolverines are going to get things going on Thursday morning. First game of uh, of the Thursday slate. Uh, they're in the South. Interesting matchup against Colorado State. Uh, what what do you like here in the South in round number one? Yeah, I bet Michigan minus two and a half. My numbers have Michigan by about three. I I don't think this Michigan team is very good, but I feel like my numbers have had a very good assessment of where they're at. You know, they're about I think about twenty third. Uh, when I look at the numbers that I use for betting. Uh, and I think they're a team that could potentially be a little bit better than their season-long metrics suggest. We've seen over Jawan Howard's three years that his teams always have an awful turnover rate in the first month of the season. And then every year it gets better. And I think he's trying – I think he's giving his guys license to make difficult passes and to learn each other in the early part of the season. And then the turnover rate always goes down. So if you're looking at the season long, you might not be capturing where this team is at this year. Um, you know, they made the tournament uh, in a large part uh, beating Ohio State on the road the last week of the season. That was not a game I thought they would win, but they probably needed that win uh, to make the tournament. Uh, I don't think this team goes particularly far, but I did bet them here. I have my 3.2 points against Colorado State. And then, honestly, like I, I would only make them a three-point dog against Tennessee and Villanova. Do I expect them to beat both teams? No, but um, it's a pretty favorable draw, right? Like they're a bigger favorite than Michigan State and Ohio State in the round of 64 games. Speaking of Ohio State, another 7-10 Ohio State, Loyola, Chicago. Looks like you might be fading Sister Jean a little bit here. Uh, FanDuel has uh, Loyola, Chicago as a one-point underdog. Who do you like in this matchup? Yeah, I've, oh, I have a lot of respect for this Ohio State program. Uh, I think they're really well coached. I like EJ Liddell. Um, it's going to be a tight game. Uh, Loyola Chicago is one of two 10 seeds uh, that really shoot the ball 
really well. Uh, this is something that Edward Egros brought up to me. I, I, I know some of that's on your show quite a bit. Um, and he really likes Loyola of Chicago and Davidson because of their stellar shooting statistics, both from two and, and three point range. Um, I think there's, you know, my numbers have Ohio state, but two, I think there's potential value there. I do like, I do like this Ohio state team, but you know, if they lose like they did last year, I'm not going to be surprised at all. We're talking to Ed Fang of the power rank here about the uh, NCAA tournament first round matchups here. And Ed, um, so you mentioned a few minutes ago you think Michigan wouldn't be that much of a uh, underdog against a team like Tennessee if they move forward here. What, what's your thought on Tennessee? As a show, we have a, a, about a million futures out there on Tennessee. We, we jumped on this team a few weeks ago. The numbers have moved a little bit since. Uh, big picture thoughts on Tennessee and then uh, the, the kind of the region they're in and, and the draw they have with uh, potentially Michigan and then Villanova after that. Yeah, I mean, I really like um... – this Tennessee team, uh, they're particularly good on defense. They're third when I look at adjusted points per possession. And uh, they have a lot of length. So, you know, they have two wins over Kentucky. And that length, I think, is the big reason why they beat them. Like, Kentucky is actually a really short team. Oscar Sheway is their tallest player at 6'9". Um, so that's an aspect of, of – that's a weakness for Kentucky, potentially, in a matchup. Uh, I think Tennessee is pretty good. I saw that their freshman point guard – uh, made an ESPN list, like, what you know, top 30 guys that could go in the next NBA draft. So I definitely think there's talent there. W- what price did you get, Tennessee? We have, we have 40 to 1 remember. as a show. I think we have 40 to 1 to win 50, the whole thing. Yeah. 40 or 50. Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, let's see. I would have Tennessee at, uh, what's the probability now? You know, 3% to win. So certainly value there. And, um, yeah, again, you know, they're in they're, uh I, I think they're, they're a team that could be interesting in that side of the bracket, for sure. Ed, any uh, games we have not addressed on the left side of the bracket in round number one, the West or the East, that uh, you want to mention? Yeah, is, uh, yeah, Texas Tech and Virginia Tech. So I bet Texas Tech, I think, minus one uh, when this opens, simply because I think there's going to be uh, I think there's going to be a lot of support for Virginia Tech after what they did to Duke in the ACC final. This is clearly a team that can shoot the ball really well. I think it's a little bit of a mirage. They they simply shot the lights out against Duke. Uh, maybe pin some of that on, on Duke's uh, not as good defense as it needed to be, but uh, I, I think they shot really well. It And, you know, Texas is a really tough team, and I think people may be down a little bit on Texas because they lost in the quarterfinals of the Big 12 tournament. But, you know, I have Texas as a better team. Um, I think there's value there. Uh, I like them in that round of 64, uh, I think minus one or one and a half or whatever I got yesterday. Are there any other teams that you're looking at that you think could make some noise? In, in which in, – in a region or – yeah. On the left side, sorry. Yo, on the left side. Um, you know, one team that I've kind of talked about is Alabama. So they're a six seed. Uh, this is a team that is very high variance. They beat Gonzaga, and I think they have a couple other pretty critical wins. They have also have, I think, 12 or 13 losses uh, at this point in the season. This is a team last year that was one of the top eight teams in the country. They were two seed. They went as far as they expected. Um, you know, making the Elite Eight. 
and their three-point shooting statistics were unbelievable last year. It's been almost the exact opposite. They are shooting 30, 31% from three, and it's a case where you actually expect their numbers to get a little bit better. And again, I only say that when you break it down on the player level. And Javon Quinterly, their point guard, made 43% of the threes last year, but his hitting is up to 28% this season. That was Ed Fang on the Roman Guest Line. Sign up for the Power Rank. Get his newsletter. It is absolutely incredible, and you need it right now for March Man. On the other side, we'll dive into survivor pools and the best strategies right here on the BetQL Network. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily from BetQL.